For those of you who are watching at home or in our drive-in Christmas Eve service, welcome. I'm so glad that you've made this a part of your Christmas celebration this year. I know for many of us, our families growing up had a lot of traditions when it comes to Christmas time. My family was definitely no different. And one of my favorite traditions we had was we often watched a lot of Christmas movies. Now, when I say Christmas movies, I wanna be clear, I'm not talking about Hallmark specials that have been on for the last 40 days. Even with COVID, somehow they still just pile those things out. I'm talking about real classic Christmas movies. And one of my favorites has become Charlie Brown's Christmas. Now, when this was first brought out on December 9th, 1965, TV executives expected that this TV special was gonna flop, but it's done anything but. It has aired every year since and has always aired as number one in its time slot. Even when it first came out, it wasn't really wowing audiences because of its animation or production value. But there was something really about the heart of the story that really captured audiences and its pursuit of the real meaning of Christmas. Now, after the opening skating montage with Snoopy and the kids, we see the film open with Charlie Brown and his friend, Linus. And Charlie Brown presents a problem that becomes really the quest of the entire film. You see, it's Christmas time, and he knows he's supposed to be happy, but he's not. Have you ever experienced this in your life? specifically around Christmas time where you know you're supposed to be happy and everything's telling you you should be, but the truth is inside you're not. In fact, there's an emptiness. There's a hollowness inside of you. I think for a lot of us, we have this ideal picture of what Christmas is supposed to look like. If you're familiar with the painter Norman Rockwell, he does a lot of paintings of families having celebrations together. And I think for a lot of us, this kind of depicts what we have internally of what Christmas should be. It's clean, it's family, it's together, it's joyous, it's happy, it's everything put together just perfectly, absolutely idyllic. When you see those paintings, as much as you want to be in it, do you sometimes struggle actually seeing yourself in the painting? See, the funny thing is, I think Jesus would actually himself struggle to see himself in that painting, especially when it comes to the first Christmas. Here's what the Bible tells us about Jesus in John 1, 10 to 11. He, meaning Jesus, was in the world, and though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. You see, this first Christmas that Jesus came to earth, there was hundreds of prophecies about him coming, but people actually didn't recognize him. They didn't know who he was. The first Christmas came without a lot of real fanfare. And you think about the experience of his family, his mother, Mary, pregnant. You can only imagine the desire to be around her friends and relatives and, and people and places she felt comfortable with, but everything that she felt comfort from, she had to leave as there was a government census and she had to go to a new town she had never been to called Bethlehem. She had to travel by donkey and by foot over a long journey and there give birth to Jesus. Away, imagine this, the very first Christmas, away from their families, their friends. Not only that, as they go into Bethlehem, there's not a palace for Jesus to be born in. There's not a hotel room or a nice second bedroom in someone's home. They actually end up having to go to a stable, a barn. And Jesus is born surrounded by livestock, cold and damp, 
spelling of manure. That's the setting of the first Christmas. The first Christmas was not a Norman Rockwell painting type of Christmas. Now perhaps you bought into that lie that Christmas or your life needs to look like that in order to actually feel fulfilled, to feel full and right. That perfection is the only place that God and fulfillment can really be found. But the truth is, is that God chose not perfection, but the most humble, imperfect setting for the first Christmas. For many of us, 2020 has been shaping up to be a Charlie Brown Christmas this year. You know you're supposed to be happy, but if you're honest as much as you've tried to make it seem like you are, you're not. You're struggling. Plans are falling through. Money is tight and running short. Family gatherings are no longer able to be had. And the to-do lists that usually get done are still left unchecked. You want to be happy and you want to have it all together. You want to be full of life and purpose, but the truth is when you're honest deep down, you know that you're not. This can leave us asking a similar question to Charlie Brown. What's the point to all of this? And so we begin a search, a search for meaning, a search for solution, a search to find out a way out of the loneliness and hopelessness that we feel inside. And so for many of us, this leads us to seek out maybe some wise counsel, a good friend like Charlie Brown had in Lucy. Someone who will be a listening ear, who will care and, and give some encouragement. Maybe someone who can hear and help us dig into the sadness and fear that we have deep inside. But even with that, whether that's a friend or a counselor, as much as we dig deep and as cathartic as it can be to have someone who cares and listens, the reality is that simply becoming aware of the sadness and fear is never the full answer to the ache and the hurt and the emptiness we feel inside. So we look for more. And like Lucy suggested, maybe we look to find some way of, to be connected, some way to get involved. And we find Christmas activities to get involved in because that will help. I think many of us feel that like if we just somehow kept busy, that's the way we deal with it. That would help us deal with the discontent and the loneliness and emptiness we feel. So we stay as busy as we can. We stay as involved as possible. And we try to really feel that need to be, can we say it, needed. And if we do, maybe those other feelings will just go away. Now, being involved with people is good and, and helping and serving, but on its own, it's not enough. The emptiness, the melancholy that we experience, it continues. And in fact, it can only grow in those empty moments as there's just this echo chamber in the quiet times of our lives. So what's the answer? Where do we go from here? The famous author, scholar, and theologian C.S. Lewis was once quoted, if I find in myself desires which nothing in this world can satisfy, the only logical explanation is that I was made for another world. See, in 1965, a stressed out, depressed, and overwhelmed Charlie Brown asked an important question. Is there anyone who can tell me what Christmas is all about? And the world listened. And we continue today in 2020 to ask the same question. And his friend Linus has the same answer. Isn't there anyone who knows what Christmas is all about? Sure, Charlie Brown, I can tell you what Christmas is all about. 
Lights, please. And there were in the same country shepherds, abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them. And the glory of the Lord shone round about them. And they were sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not. For behold, I bring you tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you. You shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. Now, if you're familiar with the Peanuts cartoon, you would know that you never really find Linus away from his trusty blankie. It's always close to make him feel secure. We oftentimes have those things in our lives that make us feel secure. But there is one time in all the Peanuts cartoons that we see Linus voluntarily give up his trusty blankie. And it's in this scene as he quotes from the book of Luke in the Bible, the Christmas story. And he speaks the words that God spoke through the angel, fear not. Two simple words, fear not. Now, this phrase of fear not was actually spoken three different times in the Christmas story. The first was to Mary, the second time to Joseph, and here to the shepherds upon the birth of Jesus, to fear not. Something with that, you don't really say fear not unless there's something actually to fear. But fear not. The words themselves really don't satisfy and don't really help. Think about it in your life. When someone just tells you don't be afraid, when you're genuinely afraid of something, how often does that really help? More times than not, it actually makes things worse because you feel even less understood and more ostracized and your fear still exists. See, it's not the words fear not that really make the difference, but rather it's the presence of the person behind the words. Uh, let me explain this a little bit by a story in my life. My five-year-old son, when he sometimes gets bad dreams or nightmares at, at nighttime, when he wakes up in the dark, for me just to yell from my room down the hall to say, don't be afraid, go to sleep, it doesn't really help him. But when dad comes into his room and puts his hand on his back and says, it's okay, it's okay, Judah, I'm here, dad's here. Don't worry, you don't need to be afraid, you're safe. You see, it's not just the words, but it's the presence of the person behind the words. The fact that they are a person who is able to help. The fact that they are a person who cares deeply for you. Someone you can trust. God spoke the words, fear not. At this time of the first Christmas, we need to remember that people were waiting for a Messiah. One who would save his people. Now, the people at the time were really actually had a picture in their minds of what that would look like. To them, a Messiah was someone who would win a, a, a physical battle that would defeat the Romans who were oppressing them. But God had something much greater in mind. Jesus would come not only to win a physical battle on earth, but a spiritual one. One for the very eternity of your soul. It was in light of this great news that the angels spoke, fear not. You see, the world of 2020 can be a very scary place. 
whether it's your health, the economy, or the realization you don't have nearly as much control over your world and your life as you once thought you did. There can be many legitimate reasons to fear and to feel fear knocking at your door. These past months have led many of us grasping for a sense of comfort, for a sense of security. But in the midst of fear and insecurity, this simple cartoon image from 1965 continues to live on as an inspiration for us to seek true peace, true security in the one place it has always been and can still always be found, in the real story of Christmas. Isaiah 9, 6 says this, For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. This prophecy was spoken about Jesus about 700 years before he was even born. This was a dark time in history where people went through tremendous persecution, a time where it was easy to feel discouraged. But this prophecy was a promise. It was a promise of hope. You see, the reality of Jesus' birth leads to the ultimate hope for Christians, for followers of Jesus. That is that through Jesus, God has paid the penalty for our sins and has penetrated through the darkness of our world and has provided a way once again for us to be reunited with God. That once again we could be with him to hear his words. Fear not, I've got you. One of the names that's given in the Bible for Jesus is the name Emmanuel, which means God with us. That loneliness many of us experience, even when we are surrounded by people, is the result of our own souls being separated from the God who made you to be connected with him. You see, what Jesus did is when he was born and eventually died on the cross is he helped bridge a connection again where sin had come between us and God and allowed us once again to be reunited with him. Looking at it now, it's very clear what Linus was saying. The birth of Jesus separates us from fears. The birth of Jesus allows us to drop the false sense of security we've been trying to build and instead learn to hear and respond to God's words, fear not. Come to know, trust, and cling to me instead. See, folks, wherever you find yourself tonight, God is there. He is with you. The deep emptiness and longing you have inside, all of us do. It's really an indicator to what C.S. Lewis stated, that you were made for more than this world, for something beyond this world. And deep within the fabric of your being, you were made to have relationship with your creator. Emmanuel wants to come into your life today, to once again unite your spirit with God, and so that once again, the desire that you have deep down to know him would be fulfilled. He's not asking for you to have everything put together in order to do that. He's not saying you need to have that perfect Norman Rockwell life. God wants you just as you are. He says, I want you. 
At Christmas, we often exchange gifts, and this is symbolic of the greatest gift that was ever given, Jesus. To have him come in and renew hope and joy and peace, those things that you deep down so desperately need. It's as simple as receiving the gift that God extends to you. See, someone can give a gift, but you also have to receive the gift. And receiving that gift is really as simple as that. It's being open and inviting him in. It can be done simply by saying a prayer, which is simply talking to God. Something like this, if you wanted to pray this with me. Dear God, I know that there is an emptiness inside of me that I cannot fix. I believe that you are real. I believe you are God. I want a relationship with you. Please forgive me for the things that I've done that are against what you would want. Fill me with your love, your joy, your hope, and your peace. Help me to know you and to live for you. Thank you for Jesus. Amen. If you said a prayer like that, the Bible says that all of heaven rejoices when one person gives their life to Jesus. So can I ask you, would you be willing tonight to text the word Jesus to the number that you see on the screen below you? This would give us to also join in that celebration. And we would love to be able to equip you with some resources to help you on your new journey of faith and your walk with Jesus. If you would like to continue to explore questions about the Bible, maybe tonight has tweaked something in you and you would like to know more about this Christmas story. You have questions. You're maybe feeling a little skeptical or you just want to find more facts about it. We would love to provide you with two great resources. The first is a video series called The Case for Christmas. This series explores the Christmas story by a man who was once an atheist and began to study uh, the claims of Christianity for himself. We would love to be able to give you access to these videos for you to find some answers to some of the questions you have. The second is we would love to give you the opportunity to connect for Alpha. Alpha is an eight-week course that we offer here at Eaglemont, and it answers all of the big questions about life, faith, and God. We look forward to having this course again in the new year, and we would love to invite you to do that. If, again, if you wanted to text the word EXPLORE to the number on the screen below, will help connect you with the information for both of those resources. Can I encourage you that the, the angel that said, fear not, spoke to the shepherds. He chose shepherds who weren't the most prestigious in society. He chose the lonely, just the regular Joe. But that's who God wanted to first reveal his good news to. And for you who have heard the good news and the hope of Christmas, a reminder that we aren't just supposed to keep that hope to ourselves, but like the shepherds, we are to go out and we are to share it with others. So as you go on this evening and tomorrow to celebrate, can you remember to reach out to others with the hope and the good news of Christmas this year?